I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. episode oh my god you know I always forget I think it's episode 48 legit because I was actually just looking at episode listening to episode 47 a hot second ago because it's like hair club for men I'm not only the president I'm also a client um guys such a fun week I'm actually in my apartment right now in Manhattan packing for a little adventure to um quote-unquote kiki in Miami um for a couple days and kind of recuperate after a really horrible year um, for myself personally. Um, so I'm so excited to go to Miami and stay once again at a hotel I only discovered because it was recommended on Instagram by her ladyship Jill Zarin, um, I think a year ago, 
Uh, so I'm staying at the one, which is like super glam. The only way I can afford it is by going at times like these. Um, and by that, I don't mean like politically chaotic in our country, but just off season. Um, so I'm so excited to be there. If it rains every day, I will cut a bitch and then be cast on Real Housewives. So fingers crossed that that works out. Um, had an interesting weekend. I <laughs> ended up going to a friend's bridal shower in Bay Ridge, which is a portion of Brooklyn I had not yet journeyed to before. Um, and so I like looked at her, uh, my friend's bridal registry and hopped on over to Bloomingdale's and had a complete panic attack after being there for literally in like the registry section for like literally three minutes, I like just said to them, they were trying to like point out stuff. And I said, I had like a runaway bride moment and was like, just give me a gift card. Like I'm literally breaking into hives. This is scaring the shit out of me. Um, so I got a friend of mine, the super original gift item of a gift card to Bloomingdale's East 59th street. And then was walking home back to my Upper East side, um, Sonia Morgan, esque mansion and um that's unfortunately not also um located next to a parking lot but fingers crossed in my um next housing journey uh in 30 years when i move away from this um that i will um move straight into sonia tremont morgan's uh, fabulous um rambling estate uh so anyway so i was walking home on third avenue which is such a strange choice and then <laughs> walked right into yes that's right kyle by Aileen too, which I had forgotten about. And every time I drive by Kyle Richards, New York City, um, Kyle by Aileen too, which is it still in Florida? I think it's still in Florida and also um, certainly in L.A., I like literally had a panic attack and was like, oh my God, must get her something from Kyle by Aileen too. So I walked in not really knowing what to expect, but based off of how it appears on TV when they're filming Beverly Hills, that it would be, you know, kind of glam, but modern, but like sort of a bougie version of intermix. Like I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but I didn't think it was going to be as dash-esque as it was. Like the sales girls were all wearing like nine layers of makeup, totally dead. Everything was just, it was like a lot of like cottony things that I'm sure were super overpriced. And it was just kind of a strange experience. I don't know that I totally bought into the fact that like maybe it would be intermixed, but I certainly thought it could be something closer to that and was really surprised also by the fact that it's on Third Avenue, but she's calling it her Upper East Side store, which is like a little bit of a stretch. Um, I don't I'm not um, 100% sure what happened there and from a real estate perspective, how that happened. I texted um, OG of the AG Damien and I said, um, Kyle by Aileen 2 in New York City is straight off the catwalk. If the catwalk is a ground floor outlet located next door to LaGuardia. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I don't really know what... Um, what was going on there, but I can't wait to go back every day. And I hope that she has um, a promo code she can send my way because that shit was pricey. And I got my friend a mug, which was $14 and had them gift wrap it. I was like, she's a big fan of Kyle. And they were like, oh my God. Um, and, you know, tried to like hide their disdain. They were very pompous in a really interesting way that I like appreciated. Um, so that was my Kyle by Aileen to experience. And the bride, of course, loved the mug. Who doesn't, by the way, love a mug? Um, mugs are the best. Um, so that was a fun little journey into Beverly Hills stuff. I know that they've been posting on Instagram. They were all here for fashion week. Kyle threw some like fashion week party at her at that store. Um, and they also are now in Berlin or something filming and they, they're sort of slowly announcing casting stuff. And John Mellencamp's daughter is now on it and she's like a fitness buff. So hopefully she'll be a little bit more interesting than the last fitness buff they had, um, Eden Sassoon. I don't really, I don't care about John Mellencamp. Should I care? I don't know. I know he's like dating Meg Ryan. So is there any way that maybe he and Meg would get married so that that could be featured in an app or something? Probably not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I really honestly, guys, I don't know a lot about John Mellencamp. Sorry, I'm a millennial. I'm um, 22 and a quarter. So um, 
I guess it'll be, we'll watch what happens. I, I don't know what to think about that, except um, I hope they bring it in Beverly Hills because certainly OC has been an enormous letdown. Speaking of OC, allegedly in the news, da news, DA news, news with a Z, Vicky has been bumped to a friend of the housewives that was like popping up on some blogs and stuff. I don't know. Someone sent me a link and I was confused by it because they typically don't make those decisions until after the reunion um I don't know that the reunion has been filmed yet it maybe it has it certainly obviously hasn't aired because they haven't yet gone full into um Iceland but I don't know that I totally believe it I would love it I think that's the closest that we'll get to her being outright fired is they probably give her the opportunity to come back as a friend of a la Yolanda Hadid Foster Hadid again um, and then Yolanda like bowed out and I think that's what happened with Heather Dubrow too and she bowed out um, so if it's true it makes a lot of sense I don't know I think that the problem of Tamara and Shannon filming with not wanting to film with Vicky rather is still going to be problematic and if she's demoted to a friend of they're gonna have to figure out a way to make sure that Shannon and Tamara are filming with her otherwise there's no point in her being a friend of right and how would she feel it would be sort of interesting I don't know that that Vicky would be 100% into being a friend of I could see her leaving outright sort of like how um Heather left and Yo left and Nini left for a hot second and is now back. And so we'll see what happens there. Um, meanwhile, speaking of Nini, Nini and Kim are allegedly threatening legal action against each other because of some like Snapchat or Insta story bullshit that happened where Kim's daughter Brielle went to Nini's house and saw some cockroaches and like put it on Snap or something. And Nini said she was racist, which like. I, I don't I don't see the tie-in to like racism and cockroaches and like finding bugs in someone's house. And I think Nini's had like a weird history with her homes that allegedly for a period of time, maybe through now, you know, Bravo was like covering the rent for these like mega mansions that she was living in um, as a part of her contract, which God bless her. If she if that was the case, it sounds like an excellent deal. Um, I didn't see the big thing with calling out bugs I mean it's certainly not like a house guest appropriate if you want to be respectful but I'm guessing that there were already issues that Nini and Kim have been experiencing in filming and this just brought that out I mean Nini's having a shitty week because allegedly allegedly there's this whole like legal action stuff plus Nini got fired from the escape tour because she like is going on this comedy tour thing, which doesn't make even a little bit of sense to me. But anyway, and someone was yelling out and shit and insulting her during her comedy tour. So she told them that she hoped that they got raped by their Uber driver, which just mainly says to me that Nini isn't funny and maybe everyone should like hold on to their 1995 plus two drink minimum and not go to her show. I, I And so as a result, she got really, really bad press this week or this past week in Candy and co from escape um fired her from the tour because she was like opening or something for them on select dates anyway it's super strange super random did love the idea of nini touring with them on escape because it like felt very true to like rhoa especially when you think about when kim opened for candy um a couple seasons ago when they went on tour and that like crazy bus fight to uh, miami um but yeah kind of I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about the whole Nini and Kim legal action thing. It's sort of strange to me that that could be possible. I thought the whole thing with Bravo contracts for housewives is that there's absolutely no way for you to sue a co-star because if that was possible, don't you think that Candy would own Phaedra's law firm by now and also like her belongings in her home and, you know, I, I would have access to Apollo if she if she was interested which nobody's interested but um it just didn't really make any sense to me it felt sort of like a um blanket threat that Kim was making that she like hired some celebrity lawyer or whatever to represent her for defamation which how do you sue someone for defamation because Nini said that her daughter was racist I don't see how that's really slanderous to the point of getting like 
financial liabilities or whatever involved. I don't think I'm using any of those words correctly. Shout out to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen there except probably nothing and um, nobody cares. And Atlanta, please come back because your trailer looks amazing. Okay, guys, so I just binged Jersey, OC, and Dallas. So let's start with the most boring OC. Um, is super boring and when will it go away? I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I felt like the um, psychic party was like awkward plus where it was nowhere near as good as the quiet woman, but it wasn't, it was nowhere near as, as good as the quiet woman. I was hoping it would be. And it was really disappointing, much like the rest of the season so far. Um, I'm super into Lydia planning an article for a magazine called Nobleman. I call it Nobleman instead of like Nobleman. Nobleman by going to Iceland with a bunch of crazy women. I don't see where the tie in there is for a magazine devoted to like upscale metrosexual men. I I don't know why Doug wouldn't go with his, you know, quote unquote, like gym trainer and like special friends. It didn't totally make sense to me, but I get it. They're doing it for production and they needed an excuse. And they were like, Lydia's magazine. She's not doing a lot. Um, I did enjoy hearing that Maggie, uh, Maggie, that Peggy has been in the U S and she was one that was, um, breaking news. So thank you to Deco for sharing that. It makes absolutely no sense why she doesn't know like basic weird English phrasing. She's been in America since she was one years old. I mean, I think that's crazy. Um, I don't totally understand how Lydia's ongoing plot point is how she's like such a devout Christian, but hates Shannon with a passion and cannot for the life of her have even an ounce of empathy. I thought that was so weird that she like not stomped out of that. Yeah, fuck it. She stomped out of that psychic party and was then bitching and moaning about her in the car on the way back. And I just, I don't know if it's that Lydia doesn't like women who are emotional or over emotional because Lydia's sort of tightly wound. I mean, I know she does this whole, like, I'm a special butterfly and my mom and I, like, do Eskimo kisses or whatever bullshit, but she is kind of a little bit cold. And for her to wrap herself up in her religion like no other and use that as an excuse, but then also not seem to deploy any of the benefits about being, like, a devout Christian, which I would think would mean something about sympathy and empathy and caring and consideration. I don't see a lot of that in her, which is maybe what I like most about her. I don't know what that says about me. Um, But at least from a perspective of watching her on TV, I like that she seems to be hypocritical in that sense, because at least it's giving me something and I can pretend to think less about Peggy. Um, And talk about thinking that before and after flashbacks, when Shannon was like ruminating with Tamara about the demise, ongoing demise of her marriage was unfortunate. That was not great. Not terrific. Um, You know, it's not great. I don't see it getting any better. I did awkwardly chuckle when they did the little series of like Shannon being super honest and sad with David and David like noshing on and chomping on like munchies and like chips and pretzels and stuff because like he doesn't know what to say because he doesn't know how to talk to his wife he obviously doesn't know how to talk to his wife she doesn't know how to talk to her husband why are they still married what more could they do they have buried her alive kind of I don't know what else to say I really think Shannon needs a hashtag new beginning um And I don't know how they're going to pull themselves out of this. I don't know that they should, to be honest. I really don't know that they should. Um, So that was OC this week. Kind of dumb. I guess better than last week. I don't know. Make it end. Oh, my God. Bravo. Why? How did you fuck this up? It's such a good franchise. It's the OC. OC. It's the OC OG franchise. Like, how did this go so terribly wrong? I don't think it's just Peggy. I mean, you have Megan King Evans there. She's amazing. Like, use her more. Why is she not being filmed more? I know she just had a baby, but Jesus, I need more Megan and less Peggy. My God. Um, Taking a turn to Jersey, the gravy state, uh, has anyone heard of Margaret's company? I did not Google it. Can someone Google it and like let me know if it's real? Because I don't believe that it is. Um, I do think it's weird that Margaret didn't invite Siggy at all to the memorial in Florida. I think that was strange. Didn't make sense to me. Um, I would totally date Frank of Dolores and Frank. 
I would choose him over Juicy Joe and Joey Gorka. I feel like he's my kind of meatball. Like, I don't know. He's too tan and he's too old and maybe too angry. But of the three gentlemen, Juicy Joe, Joey Gorka, and Frank, what's Dolores' last name? Catania? And Frank Catania. Um, Frank is my kind of meatball, so kudos to Frank. Uh, give me a ring. Um, someone needs to do, and by someone I mean not me, needs to go and do a taste test at Joey Gorka and Kathy uh, Wakili's Jersey restaurants and report back. I want to know which one is better. I've looked at photos of both. And I also got super confused about the whole Joey Gorga opening a restaurant and not telling his wife thing, because isn't that what he did with the trash business when he was like, we bought a bunch of dumpsters or whatever, and if it doesn't work out, we're poor. And P.S. Did it work out? Are they poor? Is that why he's opening like a pasta shop? Like what actually happened with the garbage business? Like who is removing the trash in Franklin Lakes if it is not Gorga? and company. I don't, someone tell me again, <laughs> I think the theme of this week is like, guys, can someone do the research and report back and let me know and I'll give you a f- imaginary associate. I will actually give you a real associate producer credit on next week's episode. Um, I did actually <laughs> deeply appreciate Tree talking about how she came up with the name of Standing Strong at that like wonderfully filmed. I love when Tree meets with like her publishers or agents or whatever. I just, I don't know why it like brings me a lot of joy. When she was talking about the name of um, Standing Strong, I couldn't stop thinking about that old, it's not really even that old guys, but whatever, that old um, Britney Spears doc on MTV, not the one where she was like staging a comeback and it was super sad is that the one where she like went to see in the heights and she like tried to go shopping at like forever 21 or whatever she always goes to like forever 21 it's so weird um but I'm super into it Brett I love you um but when she was she did this whole like I'm I'm back I'm like better than ever um really kind of serious and like real documentary on MTV and a huge portion of it was like how her choreography was really really hard like it was really intense for whatever she was doing I don't know if she was opening Vegas or no no it was just for I don't know what she was doing or for like a video or something and how crazy it was and how intense it was and then they would show footage of her just like slowly walking around the stage, like flanked by like muscly dancers. And they were like, oh my God, you're so good. Like that walking is so hard, so rough. And there was a point where in the documentary, she was like either choosing a piece of choreography or no, she was choosing a song that she did or didn't want to perform. And so she had been saying the whole time that she like wanted to do it, wanted to do it, wanted to do it. And then they edit in this moment where they were like, wow, like she goes up to whomever her agent or whatever. And is like, you know what? I decided I didn't want to do it because it didn't make sense. And she was speaking really slowly, which you could say is because she was speaking thoughtfully, but obviously was because someone was feeding her the line of what to say. And it just felt really false, but I died for it because it was also like really on brand so when Therese was talking about how she like decided standing strong was her idea and everyone's like oh my god that's so good can't believe you thought about it so glad you're checking your email like it was just it brought me so much joy that I may actually read standing strong um when I'm in Miami beachside maybe I'll send you a photo of it I don't know probably not um I do have to finish Siggy's book by the way um also the trailer for next week where Dolores takes on Daniel Staub Thank you, Dolores, for doing that on behalf of our country. We need this right now. I am, I could not be more ready. I am so excited for it. Can't wait. Um, I, I just, we need it. Our country needs this right now. We need to come together in, um, in total hatred of uh, Danielle Staub. Um, so please bring her down and um, remove some of her uh, weave. Thank you so much. Um, and guys, just one last little note. Dallas best season of a franchise ever maybe top three I would put this with um New York season three which has always been my personal number one so good unfortunately you know it sort of broke this week that Deandra is a devout Trumpster and was like on the Texas women for Trump thing but you know what honestly it does actually help her being super on brand she has a bajillion dollars and is like super southern and republican so I would say she's broken my heart but like maybe she's like splintered it a little but maybe she's regretted it probably not I don't know I just die for Deandra I'm so happy with her I die for her I die for Tex and Tammy Faye like I love them so much I love Dallas 
so much. Do we think Mark Duber is gay? I'm attracted to him, so that's not a good sign. Like, so many questions. I actually was watching it, laughing my ass off. So appreciative for Dallas, which is just such a light. I love, love, love it. Loved Leanne stirring up the shit about Carrie and her call to Brandy and the fact that when she gets, like, dirty and dark and nasty, her accent gets deeper and it's like a southern drawl mood ring. I am there about it for days. Super into Carrie being the nanny. Was Carrie the nanny for Mark's family? She said she they babysat and they paid her. It sounds like she was a na- she was a nanny. She wasn't just like a babysitter every now and then. And also, doesn't that a hundred percent support the idea that she and Mark had an affair? Like it's different from she was like a nurse in the practice or whatever, and they were good friends or whatever. To her being in mark and his ex-wife's home repeatedly watching their children not saying that that inspired an affair but just if an affair had happened it makes it a lot worse because she was in their home and saw what a person sees when you're a nanny or a caregiver for someone else I didn't think it was great I actually did understand why even though she doesn't totally admit to it or she did a little why I don't think that Carrie was wrong in saying that it wasn't a good idea to go to, you know, X, Y, and Z, Brandy and Leanne's OBGYNs, or uh, um, Leanne's OBGYN for plastic surgery and Brandy's plastic surgeon for surgery, because that's the world in which she lives. And also, it's it's competition for her husband, who's a plastic surgeon. Why would anyone be surprised that Carrie wouldn't be like, oh, that's an excellent doctor. You should definitely go to him. I could see her saying that or also saying like, yeah, he's not the best because she's probably thinking she's married to the best. I don't think that's a huge, crazy idea. If someone's if someone is going in for the surgery and her husband is a specialist in that form, of course she's going to raise an eyebrow, and she has very raised eyebrows, about the fact that they're not going to her hubs. I could see why Leanne wouldn't want to, but certainly for Brandy, I don't know why Brandy didn't go to Mark. Um, but I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was weird that she wouldn't praise these people. Now, if she didn't praise them versus like outright mock them or whatever, that's I guess that's different. I don't know. Um I was more taken with the idea that she was um, babysitting the kids and maybe stripping the husband. That's uh, really interesting. Also, flesh-eating bacteria. Maybe she wasn't wrong about this guy who, like, works at Staples and then uses a stapler in his, you know, medical procedures. I I, I didn't think that that was actually... Um, I think that sort of supported Carrie a little bit. And a flesh-eating bacteria sounds terrible. Um, what wasn't terrible was Stephanie talking shit in her confessional that she doesn't care about the bacteria because I thought that was magic. Um, just like Leanne bringing notes, I thought that was uh, tremendous and kudos to her. That was um, an exceptional moment. Um, so guys, I am so excited to um, go to Miami tomorrow. <laughs> Good for me. And also um, finally release this amazing interview and conversation with Giselle Bryant. The star, yes, that's right, I said it, the star of The Real Housewives of Potomac. We talked a lot. We talked a lot about Karen. I essentially laughed the entire time because she is fucking hilarious. Um, So word on the street is I think you're going to love this interview too. Um, I really, really hope you enjoy it. Definitely follow Giselle on all social media. Um, Tweet while you're listening with the hashtag Andy's girls and like tell us your thoughts and feelings. Um, and I hope you love it. And guys, I'm gonna turn it over to myself, Giselle Bryant, for an engaging, hilarious um, conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. Awesome. Okay, have fun. Word on the street is how thrilled I am to be talking to this Potomac housewife co-creator of Every Hue Beauty, philanthropist, and mom to three girls, Giselle Bryant quickly established herself as the true grand dame of Potomac. Giselle, (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to be on Andy's Girls, as you are, of course, one of Andy's girls. Such a pleasure (laughs) to talk to you. (laughs) Yes, I am one of Andy's girls, and I'm honored to be one of Andy's girls. He's like the best. Um, And yes, I think I am the word on the street. I I believe that you are. I have a couple of questions for you. I have to say I um, rewatched season one and season two and was really just so enthralled with your presence on the show. You really have 
led the pack on Potomac and you feel like the truest kind of true Real Housewife. You opened up the door to your personal life, talking about dating, the, having the launch of Every Hue Beauty and the creation of it as a plot point um, on the show. It really feels like um, an old school, dare I say, OG style um, Real Housewife journey in the past couple seasons. And I was yeah. curious, how did you come to join the cast of Real Housewives? And was the Potomac iteration always being conceived as a Real Housewife show or did it start as a different kind of reality show and then join the Real Housewife family? Right. Um, so I started, um, I was asked, like I'm sure everybody who's on reality TV is just asked by a casting director. A casting director came to our area and this guy I happened to know for like 20 years. So when he was supposed to come to this area and find some ladies, he immediately called me and I, of course, was like, no, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, had, I had a fabulous life before, the Real Housewives. So I just felt like it was going to be too much of an interruption to my, my real life. And um, he was like, oh, Giselle, whatever. Get over it. You're doing it. And I was like, okay, cool. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I was convinced very easily, and here I am. Um, when we first started, we weren't told that we were going to be a housewife show. Um, I don't think that the network was sold yet that we were housewives. Um, from what I understand, they were thinking that potentially we would be like ladies of. I know there's ladies of London. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so I think that they were looking along the lines of that. Um, but we, for the whole first season, we had no idea what we were going to be, what we're going to be called, nothing. And so maybe like right before Bravo announced to the world that um, there was going to be a new franchise coming, they told us. Like they told us five minutes before the rest of the world knew. So you shot Um, all of season one without knowing that it was going to be Real Housewives of Potomac season one? Yep, absolutely. Had no clue. But, you know, they were just like, we just decided we wanted – to make the best show possible. And we were going to give our real selves and we were going to, you know, show our lives and be as transparent as we could possibly be. And, you know, Karen and I decided we were going to deal with each other (laughs) (laughs) on camera, um, which has actually been a lot of fun. So, yeah, you know, when we were told that we were going to be the Real Housewives of Potomac, we were thrilled because I felt like, you know, the franchise has been around for so long and it's, you know, to be in the same class or category as the Atlanta girls, the OC girls, the Beverly Hills girls. I mean, it's just, it's just an honor. That's great. And which friendships came through the Housewives versus who were you already friends with before? It sounds like you and Karen were already friends. And you knew yes. Sharice, too, for many years, right? Yes. So um, Robin and I are really good friends and have been for years. Um, I've known... Karen the longest, um, and then Cherise, and then, uh, then of course, Robin. So the four of us have known each other for years prior to the show. Got it. Yeah. And, and did you know Katie at all before she was brought on through her? I didn't. Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, Karen did, but um, I didn't. But Katie, you know, Katie is missed, to be honest with you. That's going to be your next question. We do miss Katie. We would love to have her back. Um, she's She's, she's cuckoo, and I typically don't agree with anything she says, but I do, I did like her presence on the show. Did she sort of circle back to y'all outside of filming after she was let go? Have you seen her no. at all? No, not at all. Um, uh, Sharif has. Oh, Sharif okay, has seen okay. Yeah, but I, I have not, I actually have reached out to her, and I have not gotten a response in return. I wonder why, but, um... <laughs> No, Katie, I have not seen Katie. Wow. Um, so Ashley also made quite a vibrant splash, certainly in season two. I know that you guys are filming season three now. Um, looking back at sort of the pressure that she was under with her marital issues with Michael, do you think that they would have separated had they not opened Oz? Um, 
Mm, huh, that's a good question. I think Oz contributed to the stress of their marriage, yes, but they have some other issues as well. Um, Ashley's got a lot going on with her mother, um, trying to take care of her. I think that puts a lot of strain on their marriage. Sure. And um, let's keep it all the way real. There's a 30-year age difference between Michael oh and Ashley, God. okay? 30 so, years. Yeah, so they're going to have problems regardless, <laughs> Okay. Do you, I want them to make it. Yeah, I do really you think do. they will make it? Or do you think, I mean, it seems like there's a, there's still a lot of love there between the two of them. It was a little odd during the season two reunion, which is something that both you and Karen picked up on, which was a little bit of a sense of Michael kind of letting her go in a way with how he was communicating about, you know, the future of their marriage. Do you think that they'll stay together? Um, I, I hope so. You know, it's, it's, um, I think it's touch and go. I think they take it one day at a time. I think it's, you know, it's difficult when, when you know, there, there's talks of children. You know, does Michael want to go down that road again? Does Michael want to change a diaper? I mean, probably not. He's pushing 60. So I, I don't know. I mean, but do they love each other? Absolutely. And speaking of love, there was a lot of love between Robin and Juan. Do you think that they will end up getting back together or continuing the cycle of a two-parent <laughs> household without the happy marriage as an yeah. element. Um, Robin and Juan are going to be together forever. I don't understand what people don't understand. I mean, they're <laughs> going to be together forever. Um, I think, is it conventional? No. Um, is it something that I would do, like live with my ex-husband? Absolutely not, ever. But it works for them, and they really do have a deep-rooted love and respect for one another. So, you know, at this point in time, we just got to support it. Right. It doesn't seem like there are many options left. Um, <laughs> no. Let's see. I mean, I'm sure it will be a, a part of um, season three. How long have you been shooting season three, and are there any updates on when the premiere of season three will be? I, I, you know, you guys and um, what you guys find out in the street is amazing. I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about that. But um, we, we're doing some stuff. Yes, we're, we're filming season three. Um, is there talk of when we would, we would come back on? No, they don't tell us that. Come on now. We're the last to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. We have no idea. Um, yes. Yeah. So I would assume, you know, we premiered. Season two in April, I would assume it'd be around that time, right. but I mean, who knows? Okay. Well, certainly the streets have been talking, and some of what the streets have been saying have been a little bit of um, behind the scenes or outside of production news about some of your castmates, including most recently rumors about, I can only call him the Black Bill Gates and Karen's <laughs> money issues. <laughs> And it's sort of crazy to hear about after the show, you know, fi uh, finished production for season two, because Robin's financial issues were such a plot point on camera. And she was incredibly open about them, which I actually found to be really interesting, especially when you look at a Real Housewives franchise and seemingly everyone has money or wealth or comfort in some way. So having yeah. her be so open and just as much a full-time cast member as anyone else, I thought was really dynamic meanwhile yeah. karen's staff kind of broke in the tabloids do you have any do you know any truth behind why she moved out of potomac i mean have you been to her virginia house since the party what's the story tell me okay. everything okay have i been to the virginia house no um do i want to go to see whether or not she still lives there <laughs> yes um i he's not told me this but i would assume that if you have a tax issue, then, and it's of the millions, right. then they're going to come after your assets in your home. So I think that if I had to guess, I would assume that they sold the house in order to pay use that to pay the IRS back, maybe? I mean, I don't know. But she's very cagey about what's really going on. I mean, and it, however, yeah. However, we all read it in the Washington Post. I mean, you know, right. the Washington Post doesn't lie. They tell you the truth. They really and do. Yes. The truth of the matter is that there are millions of dollars in debt to the IRS. 
Millions. Have you followed up with her just to, you know, send her a text and say, I'm here for you? You know, Whole Foods has coupons. I mean, have you... Is there anything? <laughs> of, of course I have. I've offered to um, go to H&R Block with her and take a tax class if she needs me. I have offered to go to TurboTax. I have, you know, offered to be just a shoulder to cry on. Yes. Um, but she seems to think or act like everything's fine, yeah. nothing's wrong, he's still the black Bill Gates, and we all must carry on. Okay. Oh God, more like the black MySpace. I mean, it's, it hasn't, it's interesting. Lord knows, listen, for she will be perfectly fine, probably better as a result. And this is going to be a huge point, I'm sure, in, this, yes. in season three. So all the better for everyone. Yes. Everyone's a winner in this, aside from yes. the dates. But kudos, but you're right, kudos to Robin for being transparent from yes. day one and really allowing people because that's so relatable i mean you live long enough at some point in time you're going to have a money issue here or there um so you know robin robin will always tell the truth about her situation whatever it may be whether it be financial with Juan, with kids whatever and i love that about her and so it's easy to be a friend to robin because you know where she stands and you know what she needs it's very difficult to be a friend to somebody who's never telling you the truth 100 percent um, yeah. and, and speaking of friendships, what's your relationship and friendship like with Sharice these days? Sharice and I have come um, to a great love affair. I mean... Oh, really? <laughs> Does that great love affair involve a fire run? Or is it just... <laughs> uh, we have still not gotten to the bottom of the fireman story. Really? However, I'm going to let it go. I have decided to let it go. Um, she is dating. Okay, great. So Good for her. Yes, thank God for that. Um, I don't know if he's a fireman, but she is dating. And she and I have come to a great place, which I'm happy about. Do you regret talking about the fireman on Watch What Happens Live, looking back? Or no. do you think it... No. Because it, no. it, was, it was truthful. I mean, whatever happened, it was you were speaking your truth. Yes. No, I, I don't regret that at all. And I, to be quite honest with you, she has thanked me for that. Really? Yes. That is, that is scoop. No one knows that. She has thanked me um, recently about talking about the whole fireman issue. Why did she thank you? Because she felt like it was forcing her um, to speak her truth? Um, I don't know why she thanked me, but she was like, thank you for bringing that up, Giselle. And it made me a tougher person. Okay, oh, whatever. Okay. I yeah. can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So you did a mitzvah. <laughs> one of Katie's favorite things. That's great. Um... So, question for you. After first meeting Ashley, you infamously said that she had thoughtish behavior. What did mm -hmm. you think after first meeting Monique? <laughs> um, huh. Let's see. Um, Monique really did come to the group in the middle of me being at odds with just too many people. So, you know, me and Therese had our issues, me and Karen had some slight issues, and I just didn't feel like dealing with anybody new. And so she rubbed me the wrong way from the door. Um, and I had felt, and I still feel, like Monique loved to talk about herself and price tags and labels. And for her. And that's, yeah. Yeah, and her home, and all that. And that's her identity. And that's um, not how I was raised. I was raised with that as Jackie. Do you feel, do you think that, are you and Monique on better terms now? Are you on speaking terms? Is she like on yeah. your text list? Yeah. Or do you feel comfortable reaching out to her and saying like, hey, what's up? Or do you guys reserve that strictly for filming? Uh, no, 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 no. She and I have done things um, off camera um, in between seasons. And, and she, I'm fine with her. You know, she's the person that will we ever be BFF? No. Uh, are we able to have fun with the group and, and you know, be in the same space? Absolutely. Mm, that's great. Um, yeah. And you join a strong lineage of housewives who've launched or started businesses during Housewives. Will yeah. Every Hughes Beauty Growth be a part of season three? And what can you tell us about you yeah. know, how the company is doing and, and your work? Yes. We're, we're actually doing great. Um, we, right now, have focused on our tinted moisturizer. Love it. Every quarter, 
Yeah, every quarter we're coming out with something new. So next month we're launching um, our trio pack. It's like a compact with a mirror and everything. It's beautiful. And it has a highlighter in it, a setting powder, and a bronzer. So it's like the quintessential thing to carry when you're going out. Because you know how as girl, you know, you got to carry your highlighter and then your bronzer will be another thing. And then your setting powder is another thing. It's like you got to carry all this stuff. Um, so this trio pack is just all in one and the highlighters are beautiful like i'm totally in love with, yes i'm totally in love with them so that will launch next month and i'm very excited about it do you think it will be um a, a large part of your story on the oh, yes. season yes yes absolutely i'm talking about it i'm sure i'm, I'm incorporating the girls in it um it's it's you know it's done it's in the lab it's being uh, made as we speak. Oh, so, so I'm going to do a big launch party in Potomac when it launches. So, of course, they will. All of the ladies will be there, and hopefully, be on their best behavior. <laughs> best wishes. Um, <laughs> do you think that that company's creation would have happened without the housewives? Is that where you would have seen um, yourself going as a businesswoman? Yes. I mean, yes. Definitely, because I've always been like a girl's girl, and I've always been um, kind of, I don't want to say upset, but just not happy with the way that women of color are represented in the beauty world, uh-huh. and I've always kind of wanted to fix that, so it is nice that I do have this platform to discuss it with, you know, millions of people every week. 100%. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it, it, it's so super nice. And Bravo has been totally behind every hue, and I'm so grateful that they have been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it would have been a little bit more difficult for me to launch, um, but I, I'm so super excited about it. And I have another project that I'm working on that I can I can tell you about it. I'm oh, also writing a book. Yeah, I'm also writing a book. Oh, fantastic. Um, Yes, and it's like a fictional book, loosely based on my life. And I don't know whether you know this or not, but I used to be married to a pastor. Yes, I want to know about that. Tell us everything. (laughs) So um, it's kind of about that world. Just, you know, me being a first lady of a church um, and just the whole church world and, and just the ins and outs and the drama that happens in that life. So going to be a page turner, Sarah. You're going to love it. I love it. it. I can't wait to buy it. I'm so excited. Yes. When do you think that yes. will be um, released? Do you think 2018? Well, in 20... Yeah, oh, definitely. Top okay. of 2018. Oh, yes. great. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. And speaking of your ex-husband, does he now watch the show? My ex-husband? Yeah, he watches. Oh, he does. Uh-huh. Okay. Has he been yes. supportive of you telling, you know, the story of your life and certainly the demise of your marriage? Has he been <laughs> understanding? No, seriously, has he been understanding and been like, yeah, you do you? Like, absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, you know, he will always have super-duper love for me as I have for him. That's um, but, you know, does anybody want to relive, like, the bad parts of, you know, what happened in a marriage? Probably not. Mm-hmm. However, he gets it. He understands it. It's my story. Um, and you know, I can tell my story whenever I feel like it. Amen. Um, and a question for you about other franchises. Have any, have you developed any relationships with housewives from other cities? Were others, you know, locations supportive of Potomac, um, making such a, a big splash? Um, yeah, I think, um, yes. Okay. To answer your question, I just, so whenever you launched, um, we, we had a launch party in New York and then we had, we had a pop-up shop there and then we had one in LA and then we had a pop-up shop in Nini's boutique in Atlanta. Oh, great. And yes. And she was so super supportive. She came, Cynthia came, Sheree swung by. Um, so those ladies have been, um, great to me personally. Um, and they've been very supportive. So I, you know, I, I, I love the Atlanta girls. Oh, that's um, I haven't met. Let me see who else have I met. Oh yeah, I met some of the New York girls. I just actually recently met them. So I met Luann and Ramona and Tinsley. Um, Jill Zarin had an event in the Hamptons, and she reached out to me and asked if every Hugh wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, absolutely, because a lot of the proceeds went to thyroid um, cancer. 
Yes, so that was fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, all of the other franchises have been very warm, and it's nice. It's a nice little sisterhood. That's great. And speaking of um, Atlanta, certainly the, the four-part reunion was beyond, <laughs> beyond dramatic. Do you ever get nervous about how cast members, it hasn't happened on Potomac, but sort of looking to the future and seeing the depths that some people will sort of go to to yeah. have a handle in production. Is that ever a concern for you? Do you have any thoughts on what happened with Phaedra and Candy? Um, it was on, okay, let's talk about the fourth part reunion. Yes. First of all, it, it was it was major drama, but I was like glued to the CD. I was like, huh. oh, I was the biggest fan ever. Like, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? What is happening? Um, it's unfortunate that that happened. And you really have to be um, smart as as a person on a reality television show. You cannot cross the line into defaming anybody to the point where um, you're going to, you know, you're you're basically accusing them of criminal activity. Right. That's just, you know, you can't you can't do that. And I feel like Phaedra did cross the line. Um, and so you always have to rem- keep in mind, like, it's a marathon. You know, if you're on a reality television show, it's not a race. It's a marathon. So if, if you have a very bad race, which is what Phaedra had, mm. then you're, you're, you're off the marathon. <laughs> you, you can't continue down the road. So I, don't, I think that the girls on Potomac, I think we, we all respect each other enough that you're not going to see that. So, no, I, I never get worried about it. That's great. Did anyone ever, did anyone from production ever reach out after me? I mean, after, um, you know, the shocking fourth part of that reunion, just to say, like, use this as a lesson, guys. Don't, don't Um, cross that line. We talked about it amongst ourselves, the cast, off camera. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we were like, look, you know, and we know, I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know, we all want to, we all want to have the best show. We all want to do, um, you know, we all want to be authentic. Uh, but we, at the end of it, for us, we've all been very supportive of each other's businesses, of each, we've all been respectful of each other's kids, and we're never trying to, like, totally tear each other down like that. That's great. Um, we saw, speaking of epic reunions, we saw during the season two reunion your new romantic love, Sherman, when he made a cameo, <laughs> which I thought was beyond adorable. Loved it to bits. Loved it, but loved, oddly enough, I actually loved that it happened after filming, because it felt like yeah. a little crumble was being dropped <laughs> for season three. <laughs> and he seemed adorable. Tell us everything. Are you still together, hopefully, first off, before I yes. ask eight follow-up questions? You're still together. Yes. You guys met at the gym. How did you know yes. he was... He was the one for you or a person that you wanted to spend, you know, your time with. Right. Well, he, um, he never really spoke to me. I, I kind of had to say hi first, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, we just started spending time together. And, like, we went, actually, our first date was we went to Starbucks. Adorable. Just to see whether or not, right, just to see whether or not, okay, we could really, like, go on a real date. And he, he you know. Managed to get through Starbucks, so we went on a real date, and we've really just been together ever since. Um, he is older, which I love. Um, How much older? He's he's fifty, so he's older than me. I'm I'm forty six, um, and he has been in the limelight, so to speak. He used to play in the nice. NBA, so he gets this world that I'm in right now, and he's extremely supportive. So I really appreciate that about him. Uh, do you have any dating advice for women looking for their own sherm sherm? Apparently, <laughs> go to the gym every day. Just live at the gym. <laughs> well, I mean, you really just have to be open. You know, I was for the longest time stuck on only getting, like, quote, referrals. Like, yes. if my girlfriend knew somebody. And I think that that is a good system. Don't get me wrong. However, um, I introduced myself to him. So, you know, sometimes you have to step outside the box, ladies. That's great. Yes. 
did you ever online date at all? Were you a Tinder person or okay? Oh God, no. Okay, you no. Knew. you knew enough to know not to. You swiped left no. essentially. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I, that makes me nervous. People are crazy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, no. As someone who who often swipes right, they are absolutely <laughs> a little bit um, And you have been amazing. I have one more question for you, and it's a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, you mentioned in the reunion for season one that you didn't know how the show became the center point for American race relations <laughs> after some tense conversations with Katie, who was who had some sort of biting words. Um, yeah. There were a lot of explorations of how race was viewed even amongst the cast. Do you feel any pressure as a member of what is one of two predominantly black casts within the Real Housewife franchise? Do you feel that pressure? Do I feel the pressure of race? Um, No. I, I can say that um, huh, how do I answer? I'm happy that it came up, to be quite honest with you, oh, in good. season one. Now, it was beat like a dead horse. Like, I think it, was, I think it, was, it came up a little too much um, when I felt like we didn't really, while we were filming, we didn't really talk about it that much. However, you know, however they edited it, it, it looked like we did. Okay. Uh, but for me... You know, race is such a hot button and a focal point for me just because of how I was raised. And, and my dad's work in the civil rights, um, and you know, within civil rights back when he was very active and he worked with Martin Luther King. And, you know, just growing up, it was it's always just something that has been very important to me to just make sure that we are all treated equally. Mm-hmm. Um I'm happy, to be honest with you, and I don't know if I'm answering the question, that there is another black franchise. Yeah. Because there is, there's, like, how many of us is it there now? We have, what, seven or six? I can't, I don't know. But to, but when when they announced that there was going to be another franchise, if it weren't us, I think I would be a little sad because there needed to be another black one. That makes sense. A hundred percent. And also, I, if I remember correctly, Potomac and Dallas were announced at the same time. And they yes. are just such different flavors. Dallas is just, yes. is light. It's a, it's a lighter show. And so seeing different perspectives and also seeing women of color really take charge and star um, on such a strong show, I think it resonates for everyone. And the viewers love it too. We want to see different perspectives um, diversity, you know, um, yeah. the New York cast has spoken a lot about wanting to have uh, a woman of color as a new housewife, and it still hasn't happened. I mean, I think it's, really? yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, there was a period of time when Andy and Bethany were discussing during reunions, and then I think on a few episodes of Watch What Happens Live, and also it's something that he referenced in one of his books, that they wanted to have uh, more diversity on New York. Now, they consider Jules diversity, which should is neither uh, no no it's not no. she's not but god bless i mean you know modern yeah. alchemy is a lovely juice and i have purchased it yeah. before and support her on her endeavors but that wasn't really the yeah. diversity that we were looking for and so hopefully that um potomac success will have production sort of reanalyze casting yeah because i think diversity on each franchise would be incredibly important um yeah what i what i do love is that um you know, we're not all the same. The Atlanta franchise and Potomac is, is different. I mean, we're, we're all uh, black women, but, but it's different. And I love the fact that, you know, we're showing black women in a different light. Absolutely. We, there's, there's a huge spectrum of us. We're not all the same. So I, I like that. That was very important to me. Great. Um, well, Giselle, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You are phenomenal, hilarious. Everyone buy Tinted Moisturizer from Giselle Bryant. I will be Yes, every Hue Beauty. Every Hue Beauty, I will be first in line. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Andy's Girls, and we look forward to seeing you on your social media and then on Potomac next season. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Giselle. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
loved how she went in on Karen and her financial issues um, and loved hearing about Ashley and Michael so much and Robin and Juan. There's a lot there. Guys, I'm like, the more I think about it, the more I'm really, really looking forward to Potomac because they really did do a lot better in their um, most recent season. You know, it was just a lot more engaging than the premiere season, which was already pretty good. They've done excellent casting in Potomac and, um, in Dallas um, these past seasons. They've done such good work. So kudos to Bravo. Um, Guys, a pleasure as always. Go to iTunes, please. Do me a favor while I'm on the beach drinking um, water. Thank you. Uh, The Morrison Center in downtown New York for not allowing me alcohol on most days. Um, But do me a favor and go to iTunes and rate and review us. Put a little sassy something up there and then tweet me a photo of it when it gets posted and I can retweet it and love you forever. That would be great because you know what? This little show is um, not a little bit of work. It's like a moderate little bit of work. So I would love, love, love follow stuff online, yada, yada. Do you, can you tell how like not often I am online at all? Um, but yeah, tweet me your thoughts about the interview. Um, have a great week. Can't wait to kiki with you next week and talk about all the shit that's going down in OC jurors and everyone's beloved national treasure, um, America's whatever. What do they call the Texan whatever? Cowboys, America's team, whatever. Well, I think Dallas is the America's team for Real Housewives. So I hope you loved the conversation with Giselle. Um, I hope the audio is, you know, on point this week. God willing. And um, can't wait to talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Have a great week.